Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and today I'm joined with Robbie Angle, who is the president and CEO of TrueFace and also an author. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Bronick, and thank you for tuning in to this episode today. Um, this is a good one, chatting with Robbie Engel, who is the president and CEO of TrueFace um, and is an author. In this conversation, we dig into our identity, how we relate to God, and how God relates to us, and why that's so important, why God's grace uh, is such an important doctrine uh, that we need a good understanding on and how often we live um, with a works-based identity, how we are constantly striving to perform, to do, to please God rather than trusting God, as Robbie shares, and um, as we do see in the scriptures as well, uh, how our our desire is to live self-autonomously, how our desire is to, to seek independence away from God, um, but rather uh, we are called to be dependent on God uh, through his grace. So I'm super excited for this conversation. We talk more about true face, about building healthy relationships and how they're a ministry that helps to build deeper connection with God um, and with others. Uh, we talk about small groups, about being in relationship with others, how that works, what are some of the some good you know, tips, tricks, best practices, models, uh, all that good stuff, which is helpful. Um, but even more so, we uh, try and diagnose or uh, use a, a cardiologist lens uh, rather than simply a, a cop or a coach lens in, in, in dealing with the brokenness, the sin patterns of our life. And so without further ado, here's my conversation with Robbie. So, Robbie, thanks so much for joining me in the podcast. Thanks, Tyler. Excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, would love to, uh, you know, orient our our listeners like I always do, and just to learn a bit more about your backstory, who you are, and um, how that's led to to where God has put you today. Yeah. Uh, thanks. I've I've been married to Emily uh, for almost eighteen years, um, and I've got eight kids, all. 13 to four, six boys, two girls. So our dance parties are off the chain. I live <laughs> north of Atlanta where we have good hip hop. Um, but I, I've been all over the place. I thought the business world was the toughest ministry field. Then I ended up in aid work, disaster response work internationally with Samaritan's Purse, then professional counseling uh, to become a counselor and also in counseling uh, to work through some of the issues. And then I ended up at a church, which I never thought I'd work at, uh, doing groups, uh, started the men's ministry approach at North Point, uh, Andy Stanley's church north of Atlanta. And then I left that uh, about four years ago to take over this small nonprofit called True Face. And uh, we we developed grace-based relational discipleship resources for churches and individuals because uh, we, we get stuck. We get stuck as Jesus followers, knowing about God, plenty about God, doing the church thing, the religion thing. and But then we read about peace and freedom and the stuff of like Christ in us type, like kingdom 
potential living that we read about in the New Testament. And for most of my life as like a professional Christian, I'm like, yeah, I don't really experience those things. I read about it and know about it, but don't know it experientially. And so, you know, we, we develop resources to help people get unstuck, to experience deeper relationships with God and others. And a lot of that came from my own story of, mm-hmm. of brokenness and experiencing uh, a, a deeper understanding of grace through being a super Christian and killing it for Jesus and being awesome, a missionary in northern Pakistan, Al-Qaeda territory. So it's like, how can we not be cool, God? But that God really used that season uh, to reveal to me the depths of my pride, my my earning striving muscle is pretty strong as a high drive, high achiever, firstborn son, eight Enneagram guy. And uh, so I was doing that. I was killing it. I was like young life student staff, missionary in Pakistan. So it's like, come on, God, this is I'm like ahead of schedule of everything I hoped for, which is to be a badass for Jesus. And and in that time, I was super super disoriented spiritually emotionally and god just started revealing to me the depths of my pride him going robbie i love you i know how i made you but i'm good man i don't need you to do anything for me instead i'd rather you receive my love for you for 10 minutes a day than do 15 hours of awesome ministry for me and tyler everything in me was like no 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 god please i'll do anything except nothing for you and and that that moment uh i was on on a roof in my house in Muzaffarabad uh, um, was the beginning of going, man, the depths of, of my pride, earning, striving was in the way of, of me receiving love and experiencing grace because it's just easier for me to earn it than receive it, which was the bottleneck in, in me uh, experiencing mm. these things I'm looking for, like love and intimacy with God. And, and true-faced guys had given a lot of writing and teaching that accelerated uh, my understanding of, of some of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this, this is good. And I'm, I'm thinking processing as you're, you're sharing this and, um, great grace is such a, an important doctrine, really an element of the faith that we, um, yeah, I, I think it's, cha- it's challenging for us to fully grasp and understand and certainly resonate as someone who's, you know, likes to achieve, likes to excel, likes to compete. Um, in some sense, you've been trained in a physical, natural way to respond to achievement, right? That this is a way of merit of favor, right? But grace is unmerited favor, and it's something that you cannot earn. And so would love just to kind of unpack a little bit into your, yeah, into your understanding of grace and how that started, just a little bit of how that started to kind of break you, but also reform you as well. Um, cause I, I agree. I, I, I was on, on staff in a church a couple of years ago and the pastor said to me, he's like, one of the hardest things you're going to wrestle with is, is really understanding God's grace. And I said, okay. And I didn't really know what that meant at that time. And uh, I think in just, in even just a couple of years, it's really started to, uh, to break me as well. So would love to hear how you've been going through that. Yeah. Um, it, there's, I'll, I'll give two metaphors that have been handles for me or two different um, mental images of understanding this complex dynamic of what is grace, what does it do change in us? Because it's so subtle and so significant and and weaves in and out of the subtleties of our view of God and view of self, which is the core of who we are and how we live. Mm-hmm. And 
the the first chapter in the cure the key teaching out of the true face ministry uh by john lynch bill thrall and bruce mcnichol says we come to a fork in the road and on our path to following jesus and there's a sign and there's a signpost that says this way towards pleasing god and this way towards trusting god and we sit there and we're confused and we look at that sign and we're like well surely i mean it's both it's pleasing and trusting but trusting seems passive and and so it's like well surely it's pleasing god like we are called to do stuff obey a you know be do 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 this stuff so we follow the path towards pleasing God and it leads us to the room of good intentions where we, with effort, we, it's full of awesome Christians doing awesome stuff. And I was one of those. I was like, I followed that road so hard. Cause I'm like, let's go. I'm going to, you know, my greatest fear is not living a life of purpose. God's the only thing that matters. And so I'm going to do awesome stuff for God and a lot of good intentioned earning, striving effort, you know, that I wake up every day wanting to do because it keeps me in control, which is rooted in my pride. My pride says I can. And when we, when I found religion as a framework for what to do and what I can do, I was like, well, let's go. Religion, you know, is a beautiful thing that gives us a framework for how to live coupled with what I can do rooted in my pride of I can. That looks like being a, an awesome Christian. And to those around me, I was getting like, gold stars all over the place because mm. i was way ahead of schedule and killing it sunday mm -hmm. school teachers were like golf clapping for me everywhere uh, as a missionary in northern pakistan mm -hmm. but um the sign towards trusting god leads us to the room of grace and the doorknob is humility where it's i it, humility i love to think of is i can't and it, in the in the room of grace it's vulnerable and messy and it is way more about receiving what he's done for us than anything else and so so i think hmm. that visual has been a blessing for me the the other one is a little simpler mm -hmm. um god designed us for in his image as a relational god for relationships of love so who fundamental questions all of us wrestle with why do we live who made us that both of those are connected we're made for relationships by a loving father who made us for relationships of love sin happened I think of sin as the definition of sin is anything that breaks relationship, missing the mark of love. So God mm -hmm. made us for relationships of love with him. We sinned, so we broke relationship with God. So the natural response of what we should do and what most of our churches are telling us is, hey, you broke this relationship. Yeah, Jesus made it right, but now you need to learn more and do better. You know, so I'm over here going, okay, hmm. learn more, do better to make right what I broke in relationship with God. That's the left leg. That is not biblical. That is not the gospel. And that's what led most of my life without me knowing it. The right leg hmm. says, hey, Robbie, there's no matter what you know or how much you sin less and do more better stuff, like nothing can change uh, this I took care of all of it. Like you are made new, righteous. And so whether I see myself through the lens of how Jesus sees me as a redeemed, righteous son of the king, nothing more or less I could do to change anything about my relationship with him. That There's a statement in the cure that says hmm. that differentiates the subtlety between the left and the right part of that. Do we see ourselves as sinners striving to be saints 
or do we see ourselves as saints who occasionally sin? The difference in that view of God and view of self is it is foundational to us um, understanding grace. And I can unpack that more deeply about like the differences of each of those postures, sinner or saint, how we see God and how we see ourselves and how that affects how we interact with others. But that's the foundation of grace and the gospel of uh, that, um, that I, I need to be reminded of every day. Cause I know that I've, it's been a part-time job working on that in my own life. And every day I wake up wanting to go back to the pleasing, striving, earning, doing, you know, like seeing myself through a lens of shame. I should, that mm-hmm. I could. And it's just, it's just, you know, walking in the kingdom um, and, and, and in relationship with God, I, I'm wanting to spend more and more time living into who I already am as a saint who occasionally sins. So just as a, as you're sharing that analogy, and it's like the the left and right leg, it, but it almost sounds like it is a both and because you need both. They complement each other, and they both need to go in unison. Or are you or what you're saying is that honestly, actually, our we're, we're we're you know dominant too much on this side, but we actually need to to let our left leg or you know or right leg do the leading. Yeah, Th- thanks for clarifying. That's a ter- terrible metaphor I've never used as a left and right leg. It is not a both and. Okay. It, it is like, like it, it, so it's a, a left or a right path. Um, they're so, they're so close and so far apart because, um, th- they do not coexist. Like the, the motive, cause if I'm on the left path instead of the left leg of like, I sin broke relationship. I need to do more sin less over there you know, when we're living on the left path, we see God as like a disappointed dad waiting for us to get our crap together. And he's like, okay, Robbie, did you have a quiet time this morning? We read scripture and it's like, man, did you, should you, you know, you need to, to make, to make right what you broke, be better with me. I'll be happier with you. So it's a low grade disappointed God with a clipboard waiting for us to know more and do better. And what that means is we see, that's our theology on the left path. Our identity is we see ourselves through a lens of shame. Guilt says you screwed up. Shame hmm. says you're a screw up. And that that's the left path Christianity of like, I'm a screw up. What was me? Like, I need to do better. Forgive me, God. Forgive me, God. I'm so terrible at, you know, yeah. like praying and reading. And I need to do better to feel closer to you. Right. right. Yeah. When we see ourselves through a lens of shame, we we aren't vulnerable or authentic with, with each other. We're not in community because we're driven by shame. And so I wear a mask and I pose with you, Tyler. And I'm like, I got to present myself as like a solid Christian, because if anybody listened to this podcast, knew the screwed up thoughts I've had, you know, like they wouldn't listen to a thing. So we wear a mask on the left path. But the right path, if we see ourselves the way God sees us as a saint who occasionally Mm -hmm. sins, as righteous, redeemed, imparted with his righteousness, Christ in us, I am a new mm. creation as part of the kingdom of God with Christ in me. I see God as a loving father who loves me like crazy and he likes me mm. just as I am today. That Because Jesus said, I took care of it. I have redeemed and reconciled us. And what's you are now a slave to righteousness. Mm. That is an identity as a saint of security. Mm. And out of that security, you can know the worst of me because like I can live in vulnerability and community and sacrificial love because my needs and my identity is more secure because it's rooted 
and who he says mm-hmm. I am, that's the right path. And that is the path of grace. That leads us to the room of grace where this unmerited favor, this unmerited gift is what that Jesus took care of all of it. There's nothing I can do to change any of that. Mm-hmm. And we are we are forever as perfect and close as we will be. And I'm part of the kingdom of what he's doing on earth as it is in heaven. And that is beautiful. And mm-hmm. that leads to beautiful, authentic community that we're made for and we long for it as lonely Christians who are walking around going, man, I want deeper relationship with God and others. Mm-hmm. And there's an interconnectedness, view of God, view of self, interaction with others that is summed up um, mm-hmm. when Jesus says, this is it, love God, love others. And this is how they'll know that you're my disciples by the way you love one another. And love is the 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 expression of healthy, intimate, connected relationships, which right. Jesus made possible, which is the gospel. Yeah. No. Okay. No. I think that's you know super helpful and helps clarify just you know for our audience too. So thank you. And I think um, a lot of guys listening too, a lot of folks who are listening probably are are more driven than the normal person if they're listening to a podcast or. And so I, I certainly yeah. think this is going to re- it resonates with all of us absolutely because this is grace, but some of us had needed extra dose of uh, grace so to speak. Um, yes. And let's and he's made the- go ahead. He's made the right path possible, and I just want anybody listening to know, I wake up most days wanting to be drawn to the left path in my pride of like being in control, yeah. but I'm not a slave to that anymore. It's righteousness, and so the power of community remind ourselves of these truths. I, you know, As I mature into Christlikeness, I am finding myself spending more time more naturally believing who he says I am and 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 listening and hearing the subtle whisper of the spirit in me and trusting that voice and living on the right path and but it's a struggle and like it, it's not a it we we vacillate in and out of the left and the right path still so just to yeah. to give everybody grace listen into this this is the progression of spiritual formation yeah no it's great and i think i mean as you were sharing that you know i, I got married a couple of years ago and i know folks here are married and it's like you realize you've been living for yourself for so long. And that was the number one thing. People, oh, you know, what have you learned? It's like, well, I, we learned, I learned that I was so selfish. And so like trying to pursue, because that's, I mean, that's what you're doing, right? You're only thinking really about yourself and uh, and, and what, you're, what you have for the day. And now marriage is two becoming one. And so in, in that, it's a, it's a deeper understanding of God's relation, his covenant with you. Um, and I think his, his grace extended toward you as well. And it's not something that you can earn to, uh, to improve upon. Um, but yeah, so anyways, I wanted to, to, to kind of shift here. And I think you kind of teed it up for us and that really that horizontal um, connection with others, right? And I'm reminded so often the church, the the you know, global church, the body of Christ is so fruitful when these relationships are thriving, flourishing. And so often people are are drawn to churches in general with good relationships. Um, but also this this is these are also reasons why people leave, right? And this is also some of the number one reasons why people leave, you know, faith communities or um, just have have challenges, right, with with God, with others because of what people have done to you, right? Or what has happened in the midst of it. And so there's such a, a powerful moment of, of God's love being displayed in relationships, but also, 
great uh, moments of, of brokenness as well. And so, um, you know, I'm sorry, I, I know we've, we've seen these and many who are listening have certainly been in healthy ones and also broken ones. So I'd love just to kind of hear from you. You true face is certainly focus on this relational aspect. Um, I think it's, it, it's amazing and it's, it, it's super important and, um, to really get deep and, and understanding the, the, the depth of relationship. But I think also with that, people are so hesitant because with that comes attachment, right? And with that comes failed expectations with that comes, um, fractured, um, moments in, in ourselves that are revealed or in all that. So would love just to kind of hear a bit more about, you know, what, what is relational ministry? Why is it important? I think it is, but would love just to hear why it's important for you and, and, uh, how you've been impacted through true face. Yeah, I, well, first of all, like I'm, I've been fascinated by men that finish the course well. So I'll start big picture and reverse engineer. So I've done a lot of meetings, studying as the director, you know, over the men's ministry at one of the, at a massive church, like I, and as a counselor, I've been fascinated by men that finish well. If there's a common, um, denominator behind all the men that finish well, it's this, as I, Hmm. as I survey, like as we survey a thousand men, how many really finish well and in a way that you and I would want to be that at right. 75 or 85, like how many examples do we have out of a thousand? There's only a few that I'm like, dude, if I was that narrow, narrow path, like that would praise God. Right. And to a T, uh, whether or not a guy is intentional and consistent with another man in their life they're fully known by is one of the key denominators that differentiates men that stay the course and finish well and men that get taken out and that is for all kinds of reasons but Mm. just as a cheat sheet Hmm. of like how do i be the man that stays the course and finishes well i i will i never want to be found without another person in my life that i'm intentional consistent with that knows my last five percent that and and there's all kinds of things that we know intuitively in that that in fellowship of that brotherhood we get to protect each other's weaknesses as guardrails and and i don't like accountability because it 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 goes to sin management behavior modification but what we need is cardiologists because it it, Hmm. sin management doesn't get us anywhere but the under a depth of relationship where we can process the heart underneath the behaviors is what what the beautiful fruit of relationships Mm. of trust can bring Mm -hmm. another Mm -hmm. one is that we support each other's strengths that we call each other into the potential gifting and and calling that god has given us and we don't do that enough as brothers but Mm -hmm. um at at the end of the day god has designed us to grow through the context of relationships he's and, and relationships that actually lead to spiritual growth are hard to come by it's a lost art in the church that's accelerated with the busyness, with the, with all the different variables in modern day Western society. And for all kinds of reasons, you know, we, we do have a loneliness epidemic. And if I think the evil one wears us out and he takes us out and that's what's happening. Yep. And yep. that's the wide road. So if we're going to be men hmm. who stay the course and finish well, we are going to be intentional and consistent with at least one or two other guys that that know us and and are provide the objectivity 
the care, the support to help us stay the course, finish well, and continue to grow. And I mean, that, that's the base, that's the foundation of this. But I mean, we could talk for days yeah. on why, how, what that looks like. Um, the inability without objectivity to identify weak spots, opportunities, and mm-hmm. and and really, you know, there's there's really one answer to whether how we find this because a lot of us don't have this. It's are we intentional and consistent? Relational development is pretty basic. Are we intentional? Like, and are we consistent? Consistent means is it on your calendar? If you don't have consistent relationships with another person on your calendar, you're not going to build a relationship that leads to depth which at a level that is, is sharpening and catalytic for your spiritual growth. Now, we're con- consistent with our fantasy football guys, but we're not intentional, asking heart-level questions and, more importantly, asking follow-up second-level questions right. of, tell me more about that. Oh, I, this is what I just heard you say. And so we have atrophy even in those muscles because we don't do a great job of asking those follow-up questions that get to the heart. So mm-hmm. consistency and intentionality yeah. – uh, is is where we start. That no, that's huge. That's huge because I think it's, yeah. The, in the con, on the consistency aspect, I, I don't know. It just I mean, part of our nature, right, is to 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 hide or to run, right? When we when yes. we're in sin or when we're um, not in the the spiritual strength, right? We run away, and that's what happened in the garden, and that's what has happened since yep. then, right? We run away from it. Um, but then the intentionality too, and it's. But I think that the intentionality is so, I think, is baked with that consistency because it's hard to be intentional when you're only touching base with somebody once in a while. And I think, like, I I think of, like, you know, even in in a small group I'm in now, it's like, if I haven't seen you in a few months, it's like, it's kind of hard for me to be able to ask these second level questions when it's like, ah, man, I don't know if I, like, I want this to be impactful, right? And it's always, I think it's, right. it always goes, it goes farther, I think, when you're, uh, when you have more of that connection. And That's I think in right. that, yeah, and I, I don't know. So I, I know I'm, I'm preaching the choir and, here, but. And I'm a small groups nerd. Like I, I think small groups are the vehicle, uh, life groups, cell groups, whatever. But small groups do not lead to, to spiritual formation or growth. Relationships do. That's right. Small groups are simply a, a tool, a framework to get us in a more conducive environment where we can be known and we can be loved. Because we can only be loved to the degree that we're known. And where do we practice love? In relationships of love. That is discipleship, working out this uh, this way of following Jesus as mm-hmm. this is how mm-hmm. they're they my disciples. By the way, you love one another. We need to practice that in environments where we're more known and, and when you get above like 12, you can't go second, third level question or share for 10 minutes to get to a hard because you're that guy, right? In a group that size. Yeah. And so it's yeah. got to be smaller, like yeah. three to eight-ish or something where you can take the whole time to process a heart level issue and not feel like a jerk if you monopolize the time. If you do that every week, you might be that guy. But yeah. like that space it's just all a small group does is that intentionality and consistency to provide fertile ground for relationships of trust to be built on, which is what we long for, what we're designed for, and what we need yeah. and in our in our faith journey. Yeah, no, it's good. And I think some of the most impactful conversations where I've learned about you know a friend, but also deeply about myself, has been in these just like these these coffee meetups. Hey, let's just grab coffee next week, yep. and. Um, I'm going to turn everyone into like administrative managers here, but like, Hey, 
put it on the calendar. Once you guys, you know, finish hanging out or doing whatever, just say, hey, well, let's let's just let's let's set a date on the calendar for the next time, because um, that goes into that. And I think it's just like, because if to be honest, like if you don't, it's so many other things are gonna pop up, right? And there has to be yeah. uh, just just you know getting practical here. Put it on the calendar. Put it in a Google Calendar. Create the invite. Make it happen. So that is a great best practice, but the reality is you're weird, Tyler. Like most guys are not as intentional and proactive relationally yeah. as you are. And so that's that's part of the reason we exist as a ministry to build tools to help us guys like us, us normal guys, not sure. like not super intentional Tyler or Robbie who get paid to think about this stuff and do this stuff. And so one of the so we built uh, True Face Conversations, and a conversation is a six part conversation. And that's so I can go, hey, Tyler, we just met once. You're the type of guy who like gets it and I'd want to be friends with you. Right. But the no man's land between you and I meeting once and us being like brothers is wrought with us having no idea how to get in journey together in relationship towards depth and connection. That's fair. And so we built yeah. this tool that it's six conversations. A conversation is we watch a five minute video, which tees up three questions that we process for 15, 20 minutes. So it just makes it easier for me to go, hey, Tyler, that was really cool. You want to do this thing called the True Face Conversation Beyond the Mask where we can like, hey, we can talk every Thursday driving home from work for 45 to 5 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we'll watch a video sometime during the day and then talk. After those six conversations, we will be closer uh, on a, like a, with intentionality and consistency hmm. than, than most of the friends in our lives. And we have one for addiction. Hmm. Uh, uh, breaking your cycle because I come and tell you I'm looking at porn and you're like, hey, thanks for telling me. And we go into accountability. It's like, hey, read this book or you check in after a week and it's like, hey, how's it going, Robbie? That goes to sin management without knowing it. And I need someone to ask me the heart level questions, but That's you're great. like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know the right questions to navigate this as a cardiologist, not as a cop who focuses on the act itself. That's and right. so we built a tool to make it easy so that we can process our own unwanted behaviors together through a tool. So those are some examples of, of tools that we're making at True Face to serve the church, to serve guys like us. No, that, that's that's very true. Yeah, that, that happened. Someone shared, you know, an addiction last week, yeah. actually. And I'm thinking as part of our group, so our, you know, our, our uh, college young adult group. And my yeah. wife and I were like, wow, that's amazing that he shared this. And I'm, as you're saying that, I was like, oh, what, well, what's next? Like, I, my, that was my plan is just to check in with him next week. How, how's it been going and, and have that conversation? Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. it. I'm a professional counselor and I was doing the same thing. We yeah. need a cardiologist, somebody to walk with us and process, not a cop or a coach who says like, hey, man, thanks for telling me keep trying. That's a coach. A cop is like, hey, man, good job not doing it. Did you do it this week? You know, and both That's of right. those don't work. We've all tried them. So yeah, do breaking your cycle. Go to the True Face Life app. Do breaking your cycle with that guy, and let me know how it goes, Tyler. It's good stuff. I appreciate it. Um, one thing I had to ask before we hop off today. I know you have a large family, a lot of people under under your roof here, and so would love to, um, you know, just hear you. Family of eight, is that right? Or eight eight kids yeah. in the house, so ten of you total. Yeah. How are yeah. how are you? And this kind of goes back to maybe there's something underlying here, you know, of how do you build good relationships, discipleship for such a large family? You mentioned, you know, even at, at the church you were part of at North Point, creating healthy relationships for a large church. How do you create healthy relationships and discipleship when things are, are 
are bigger than what they they might uh, typically look like for the you know the the average household or the average church. So that's kind of a big question, but maybe just start with your family and just how you're, and maybe they're connected, maybe they're not. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a weighty thing for me. I mean, obviously I'm a, like, I think about this stuff all the time and the pressure of doing that with quality and quantity time with each kid is a constant pressure. And that's the, hmm. that's an area of shame of like, you're failing, creeps up. So it's actually a practice of like, God, I can't, like it is, it is one of the hardest areas for me to trust God with that. Hmm. Um, he will take that. I need to, I, I want to control, do more, be better, set up better systems, do all these like rite of passage stuff where sure, like, sure. S- like do all this intentional stuff to like, make sure my kids aren't screwed up because they're one of eight and don't have enough time with me. And like, I'm not, you know, getting the quantity time with them. So that's a, that's a real consistent hmm like god i'm moving from closed fist to open hand like i i trust you with my kids and hmm. um and, and two two practical things i am trying to reorganize my life right now because i i've been home every day at 5:15 i'm a hard walls i don't work at night i'm i'm at home at 5:15 but this past 6 months i've been so mentally exhausted because of how much I'm cramming it in before 515 that I have nothing left in the tank to be present with them. Um, I just, I'm like, get to bed. I need to check out mentally and watch a show just because I have nothing in the tank. And so that, that's a Hmm. practical thing I'm working on. Hmm. Another thing is I frequently do a check-in in my brain. I had a mentor or Tim Baker who said, look, the one thing just, do you are you do you know and are you caring for your kid's heart so i do a mental check-in uh periodically where i'm like okay god honestly do i know moses's heart where is he coming alive what is he thinking about and am i caring for it Hmm. am i engaging walking with him and in what in his heart uh for titus god do i know titus's heart like this little eight-year-old guy's heart like where he's thinking about passion about and am I present enough to care for it and enter into it with them um Mm. that that's a check-in to help me uh identify the dashboard of how what I need to adjust to do my best uh in those areas that's good well thank you this has been super fruitful and um I've really enjoyed our conversation as well Robbie is there just anything you'd like to leave us with or anything we haven't touched on that you're it's worth mentioning before we uh, close close out, and then I also also just would love to to hear where we can find you and and stay in contact. Yeah, thanks for doing what you're doing, and the the fact that y'all are listening to this podcast, I just want to say thank you and well done, guys. Um, you are on this path, this journey of going. God, I want to love you and love others, and and start with just being reminded that he loves you like crazy and he likes you and there's nothing more or less you can do to change anything mm. about how much he loves you and 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 how you are perfectly united with him um mm. and, and and you can find more true face stuff on the app true face life app or the true face podcast or at trueface.org awesome amen well robbie thanks so much and um god bless thanks tyler